Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. In the NOCO is supported by Blue Federal Credit Union, with locations from Denver to Cheyenne, helping members tap into the power of community. More information at bluefcu.com. This is Colorado Edition from KUNC. The future earning power of a college degree is significant, but data show that credential is not always accessible for everyone. On today's show, we'll hear about an organization in Weld County that's helping women get into higher education and leave with degrees in hand. That's coming up. You're listening to KUNC's Colorado Edition. I'm Erin O'Toole. Latino Americans are the largest and fastest growing segment of the U.S. population, according to data from the Census Bureau. And with that population growth, Hispanic college enrollment and, to a lesser extent, degree attainment rates were on the rise for much of the last 10 years leading up to the pandemic. But despite the recent overall increase in enrollment, there are still big disparities when it comes to degree attainment. And those disparities shape economic opportunities for millions of people. According to a recent report from the national education nonprofit, the Education Trust, Hispanic adults are half as likely to hold a degree now than white adults were in 1990, a reality that helps highlight slow growth on the path toward equalizing educational opportunities. One group that's working to shrink these disparities here in Colorado, one student at a time, is Hispanic Women of Weld County, a community group based in Greeley that offers educational opportunities by providing scholarships and mentorship. For more about degree attainment disparities in general and to hear how their organization is empowering more women to pursue a college degree, we're joined by Tricia Garcia-Nelson, treasurer for Hispanic Women of Weld County. We're also joined by two college students who received scholarships this year, Victoria Silva, a full-time pre-med student at Ames Community College, and Jessica Elena Rodriguez, a graduate student at the University of Northern Colorado. Tricia, let me start with you. I understand that Hispanic Women of Weld County has been offering scholarships since the late 90s. Tell us about how that started and why it was something your organization wanted to do. Hispanic Women of Weld County was established in 1988 by the late Charlotte Rodriguez, and it began as a career day at Ames, really just creating a space for women, you know, to see each other in different capacities. We began giving scholarships in 1999, and the main focus was creating scholarships for non-traditional women. And the criteria we used was women over the age of 25 that were going back to school to finish their degree or that were just starting their academic careers. Um, this year, with the, uh, we had a new board and our main goal was to expand that um, because we did see a lot of participation of younger Latinas um, in our community. And so we really wanted to make more room for them to participate within the organization. And because our mission is to empower these women, we wanted to give them something that would help them advance themselves and make and really take charge of their lives. And so we initially expanded the scholarship program from non-traditional to also include traditional students. 
we saw that there was such a gap in the degree attainment, especially for Latinas. And so we really put our heads together. And again, it was just, how can we help these women really take charge of their lives and be able to help themselves? And one of the things that we also learned was that once you have your bachelor's degree, the financial aid that's available is almost non-existent. And so when we look at everything, when we look at the big picture, we see that there is a gap and our mission is really just to fill that gap. I'm wondering how you see these disparities in your community. Are, are there many older Hispanic adults that you know who have a college degree? No. And in, in my personal experience, I'm a first generation American and my parents, my, my mom made it to, thir- to fifth grade and my dad made it to third grade. But they always, you know, told us you need to work and you need to get a degree because in the United States, you need, you need that piece of paper to make it anywhere in life. And so in my family, I have one of my sisters, my sister in our generation is the first one to go to college and the only one with a degree. And so I see that disparity very, very closely. And it just really gives me more drive to help grow this organization, to really put that into perspective and, you know, kind of shine light on the fact that we need to kind of come together to build our community up. Victoria, I'd like to turn to you to talk a bit about the economic realities that students face and how these scholarships kind of fit into helping out students who, uh, you know, perhaps are non-traditional students. With the course load that I have and the the classes that I have, um, often I have to choose between being able to access tutoring, being able to have a bigger paycheck, and being able to sleep. Um, this semester, especially there was, um, I had a migraine almost for a month because I was sleeping less than four hours every single night, trying to get all of my homework done. And whenever I received a scholarship, I was just so grateful because it was the largest scholarship I'd ever received. And it wasn't until that moment, I realized that I could just breathe a little easier knowing that I wouldn't have to worry so hard about my paycheck and that maybe I could sleep in a little bit, or maybe just, you know, just the, the static of the worry that always goes around in your brain kind of thing, um, wouldn't just be so loud in that instance. Um, and it makes such a big difference. Sleep is an amazing thing. I will vouch for that. Yes. (laughs) And Jessica, let me bring you in as well. What are some of the practical ways that a scholarship like this can can help out? So especially, I think, in my position of being a graduate student, it's helped out a lot. I know for myself, when it came to considering the different types of master's programs I was going into, um, ultimately, my final decision was based on the financial component. Despite, you know, being accepted into other universities, uh, I ended up attending UNC because it was um, on the cheaper of the list. And in the reality of being like a first generation Mexican-American, I knew I couldn't do that financial like ruin on my parents because they would, you know, they would support me in whatever means that may be. And I know just when I was doing my bachelor's at UNC, um, I always wondered how my mom managed to make up the rest of the funds for, you know, the little bit left of my bill that was left over. And um, later to come uh, find out, she was selling a lot of her jewelry in order to help pay for my tuition. And so 
you know, going into this master's program, um, the financial aspect really was a big determining factor, but to have, you know, these types of scholarships that support students like us has been really beneficial. Being the only Latina in my program, it takes a lot on you mentally um, to just not only prove to yourself that you can do it, but also to prove to the rest of your cohort that you can do it as well. But then when you also are focused to interact with, you know, financial aspects and, you know, a lot of economic things that are in addition to maybe what your peers are going to, scholarships like these really help you realize, you know, the importance of not only your traditions, but also the importance of highlighting people like ourselves in the community. And it's difficult knowing that a lot of students that are underrepresented in these communities um, have to factor in financial reasonings for their academics or the chance to pursue it moving forward just because they know they probably can't afford it. And representation in certain fields, I think, is a really important um, point that you just brought up. Yes, God, I wanted to ask you, Victoria, to weigh in on that, too, because you're in a, you know, STEM uh, or, you know, in pre-med, too. What what does that feel like? How does that look for you? Yes, I made a really excellent point about making her decision based on financial things, despite having been accepted into other programs. I try not to make generalizations, but I think I can safely say that a lot of Latinx, Mexican, and Hispanic women are very, very hard workers. And I think that a lot of the paths that we would take and what we would do in education would look completely, completely different if finances were not an issue. Like, I, I can't even... It would look so different that it's hard to even speculate, you know, um, and I am actually really fortunate. I've never told my sister this, but my sister is actually a doctor and all I've, she's, we're 10 years apart. And so all I really remember of her when I was younger was seeing her just do homework all the time, all the time. She didn't really, I mean, maybe she, she probably very well did other things, but all I remember is her doing homework. And I remember being just the height of the table and being like, why are you, what are you doing? And she'd say calculus or math. And I'd be like, well, why is there letters if you're doing math? Like, why isn't there numbers? Um, and just seeing what that looked like. And I remember very distinctly, like 10 years ago, helping her clean out her garage. There's probably easy 20 bins in there of all of her notes from the past years and years and years. And as we were going through all of them, every single page had highlighting or notes on it. I kept trying to find a page in those thousands and thousands of sheets of paper that didn't have highlighting or one page that didn't have something circled and it didn't exist. And I'm very, very, very grateful to her that I knew what it took and what it looked like to be a successful student to the degree that she was um, because especially with so many people being first generation or maybe not having other people in their families that have done that before, you quite literally don't know what that even looks like. You don't know what the time commitment looks like. You don't know what the stress looks like. You don't know what the eating schedule looks like. It just, it's hard to envision when you've never seen it before. And so um, I think it's very important that there are women in STEM to, you know, show little girls, to show other people, you know, just to show anyone who's interested that you don't have to look a certain way and to just be willing to offer any advice or experience because it it probably sounds a lot scarier than it actually is, or maybe not even that it's not as scary as it might seem, but it just looks different than what people might imagine. So I'm really fortunate to have had that example. 
That's the first part of our conversation about Latina college degree attainment and academic representation with Trisha Garcia Nelson of Hispanic Women of Will County and two Northern Colorado college students who recently received scholarships from that organization, Victoria Silva and Jessica Elena Rodriguez. After the break, we'll further discuss the impact of the scholarships, membership in the organization, and the challenges Latina women are facing in academia. Colorado edition from KUNC. We're talking today about Latina college degree attainment and the importance of academic representation with Tricia Garcia Nelson, the treasurer of Hispanic Women of Weld County. That's an organization that works to offer scholarships and mentorship to Hispanic women. This year, the organization expanded their long-standing scholarship program for non-traditional students and offered a total of 12 scholarships to both traditional and non-traditional students alike, up from the typical two or three per year. We've also been talking with two of those students who received scholarships from Hispanic women of Weld County. Victoria Silva is a full-time pre-med student at Ames Community College, and Jessica Elena Rodriguez is a graduate student at the University of Northern Colorado. Trisha, I I don't know if getting more women into STEM fields is a focus, but it does sound like this is certainly one benefit of the scholarship program. It absolutely is. We really, we didn't try to focus just on STEM, but just try to focus on everything and where we would see the most need. The other recipient of the Charlotte Rodriguez Memorial Scholarship, Monica Salazar, she is working towards becoming a school counselor. And so the way that I saw it on my mind, I was part of the scholarship committee was giving this opportunity to her is only going to open more doors for all the all the all the students that she's mentoring as a high school counselor. Um, But for me personally, definitely getting more women into STEM was, it was, it was a big part of my decision. Let me ask you, Trisha, about the expansion of the scholarship program. As we mentioned, it was initially around two to three scholarships given out each year, but this year you gave out 12. Yes. How, how were you able to manage that? Well, it took a lot of hard work, um, a lot of hours put into actually being able to get the funding. We just started applying for all the grants that we could possibly think of. Um, COVID did limit our ability to have fundraisers in person. And so we did um, do a a few different um, fundraisers online. We did receive a, a lot of donations that way as well. And, and <laughs> to be completely honest, we are a bare bones operation. And so we are operating expenses are fairly low at the time at, at this time. And so that also gave us the ability to focus more and put more money um, back into our community. And so initially the scholarships, like you mentioned, we were giving out two to three $1,000 scholarships. And in total this year, we were able to award $1,500. For me, growing up with this organization, I am just so proud of all the work that the board has done and all of our members because it has taken all of these women coming together to support other women in our community. And I want to ask about what led you 
to offering more scholarships this year than in previous years. Did the organization see an increased need for support like this? What we saw was that we wanted to be able to increase the diversity in the membership. And so one of the ways that we can do that is helping younger women start their academic careers. Um, And one of the things that we did see as well, while we were researching for um, different grants, was that the degree attainment, um, even in Weld County, is, is especially low for Latina women. And so that was that was part of the motivation, but also um, the motivation was to how can we expand our membership and reach and support more women in our community. We're speaking with Trisha Garcia Nelson, the treasurer of Hispanic Women of Weld County, Victoria Silva, a full-time pre-med student at Ames Community College, and Jessica Elena Rodriguez, a graduate student at the University of Northern Colorado. Jessica and Victoria, I'd like to pose this question. What are the biggest challenges that face uh, Latina or Hispanic women these days when it comes to higher education? I think a lot of the things that even I've personally experienced is just the feeling that you don't think you belong in the programs that you're in. Um, I know being the only Latina woman in my cohort, I always feel like I have to prove something to myself every day even if that means doing an assignment, you know, a day ahead, even though sometimes I end up doing it the day of, but, um, you know, just the, just the constant pressures of, you know, generational stress, but also feeling like you, you owe it to everybody else to prove your worth, when in reality, you're really just needing to prove to yourself that you can make it through the day. This semester was um, especially rough with, you know, trying to go back even in the the whole heat of a pandemic and everything, and just a lot of external factors going on. Um, I actually ended up withdrawing from a course this semester because of just everything that was, you know, factoring into it. And, you know, every time I think about it, I feel like I, I have disappointed like my ancestors and all the other Latina women that, you know, can come after me in this program because, you know, going into that class, I was the only uh, woman that identifies as Latinx. And so I knew just from the get-go, I had to prove something. And in taking myself out of that class, I feel like there's a part of me that it's disappointed that I failed in the course because I wasn't able to prove my identity and you know, there's this stereotype that um, Hispanics and Latin people are lazy. So that kind of started running through my mind. And it's just really taken a toll in a sense. But I know that the biggest thing is for me to still stick in the program in whatever manner that may be and, you know, accommodate for myself and take care of my mental health before anything. Because otherwise, then I may just you know not even be in the program. And it's one thing to not be the Latin woman in the class. It's another thing to not even be the Latin woman in the program. So I just kind of keep, you know, pushing myself and reminding myself that the best thing that I'm doing so far is just being there to begin with. And that's the best that I can do at the moment. And I, and I really want to echo what Jessica said about, you know, feeling like we don't belong there. And so with 
the mission of Hispanic women is really not only empowering women, but giving them a shoulder and a space to lean on because that is what we really, really need. And for me personally, I think in our culture, we rely on each other so much. And so when you're in a room and you're the only one there, it is a little scary. And so I really, really hope that the women that we're helping today feel the the support that they're going to have forever now because we're, we're becoming a family. Well, I love that. I It's so empowering to hear all of these stories of mutual admiration and the support that you all have for each other. I would like to wrap up with sort of a forward look at things. Um, and I'll, I'll ask each of you briefly, what are you all thinking about the future? Are you optimistic you know, that some of the things that we have talked about today, both the small scale things and bigger ideas will be enough to impact um, disparities in people attaining degrees. Victoria, do you want to tackle that first? Sure. Um, I think that's um, a great question about looking towards the future because so many things have changed about what people thought the world looked like in the past couple of years. Um, Especially this is kind of someone might think it's a little off talk, but especially with like the George Floyd protests, um, I think a lot of people saw that they have more power than they thought they did. And a lot of people saw that they can make changes if they apply themselves. I mean, even just Jessica being like, oh yeah, I'm in that program. Yeah, sure. Like, it just takes one little leap, you know, to see like how much power you have, how much potential you have sort of thing. Um, and I really, really hope that this movement towards empowering um, minorities and people of color um, shows them that they can literally do anything that they want to do. They can go to school. And of course, it's not going to be an easy ride, but thankfully there's programs just like the Hispanic Women of Old County who will support you, whether you're non-traditional, whether you never thought it would be for you. Um, But there's definitely more opportunity out there and there's more normalization of going to school. And if you want to go into academics, you should. And that if you believe for one second that you shouldn't for any other reason than you don't want to, then you should just go for it and see what happens. Jessica, how about you? Um, Just to add on to that, um, and even what Victoria was mentioning, um, community, you know, really important and supporting each other. Um, I know actually by attending the breakfast for the Hispanic Women of Wealth County Scholarship, I was able to get connected with the only Latin identifying female physician currently at Sunrise. Um, Dr. Brenna Campos is just an amazing human overall. And she just came up to me and was like, hey, you know, you talked about wanting to go to medical school and becoming a doctor. Do you just want to shadow me sometime? And I was like, what? I was like, it's that easy? Um, I know I've tried to reach out to uh, plenty of physicians, you know, in the area and, you know, in different fields. And it's just really difficult to try to get that aspect if you don't have connections yourself. And so it really taught me an importance of connecting with your community and, you know, being in that room, like it's just as easy as going up to them and being like, hey, you know, I have the potential to help you with an opportunity. So, you know, here it is, like, you know, we have to support each other because the biggest thing is, um, especially in minority communities, is supporting each other to get to the top so that once we're all at the top, we can help you know, everybody else going through it, um, you know, down at the bottom, that you can make it, it is possible. We have the potential, you know, we have the drive. Um, We just really need to be there for each other to get to the top. 
And Trisha, uh, let's wrap up with you briefly. How are you feeling when you think about the future? Optimistic that the work here that you're doing is enough to impact some of these disparities in the future? One of the things that I said when we selected Jessica um, as one of the recipients was that we were going to help her become Dr. Rodriguez. And just hearing her story um, really makes me hopeful because she's not going to be the last one. And really being able to expand our program and our organization is just going to help us uplift our entire community. And I'm really, really hopeful. And I'm really, really proud of our organization and all the work that we've done because it's, it's making a real impact and being able to hear the stories, it just makes it very, very real for me. And I can't, I can't wait for everything that we're going to be able to do together. Trisha Garcia Nelson is the treasurer of Hispanic Women of Weld County. Victoria Silva is a full-time pre-med student at Ames Community College. And Jessica Elena Rodriguez is a graduate student at the University of Northern Colorado, pursuing a master's degree in biomedical sciences. Thank you all so much for joining us today. This was such a great conversation. Thank you guys so much. Thank you so, so much. It was wonderful. And I just want to say to anyone listening out there right now in your car is your home, si se puede. Yes, thank you so much. Um, And like I mentioned at the breakfast, if you're having a bad day, just turn up the radio to a Bad Bunny song. You You can get through it. That's our show for today. Tomorrow on Colorado Edition, we'll hear about emerging technology that could help find a new purpose for oil and gas wells that have reached the end of their useful lives. I'm Erin O'Toole. Our production team includes Henry Zimmerman and Tess Novotny. Jackie High is our digital editor. Brian Larson is our executive producer. Thank you so much for listening. This is Colorado Edition from KUNC. KUNC.